Hey, all new segment of the show here, the Friday Five Minutes. Not sure what you guys are going to make of this, but I'd love to hear from you on it. Basically, instead of doing full shows on Fridays, I'm going to be doing just sort of thoughts and reading letters from you guys and replying to questions. So I hope you guys get some value out of this. And of course, I want to hear from you. I'm Jordan at The Art of Charm. Now, a lot of people ask me, why do you read everything? Why does it even matter? I mean, you have tons of output. You have tons of input. Why do you just, why do you bother answering all of your email? And the reason is because you matter. And I don't mean that in some sort of sappy way. You matter because you're the kind of person who reads, listens, reacts, and responds to what I'm saying here. And you're no doubt the kind of person who seeks to be helpful to others. And you're one of the most thoughtful people you know, probably. You might even be the friend among your friends who actually thinks to include someone new or try something or travel somewhere or break the mold a little bit. That's just who you are. Of this, I have no doubt. You might have flaws like every other human does, of course, but you are the kind of person I know is out there making the world better. And me, I work for you. I don't do this show for my own entertainment, at least not totally, and I know what I think about. I need to share with you so you can make your own world more interesting. Now, of course, if you could see the trail of people that maybe don't buy into this stuff or don't like it because it's too long-winded, that's fine. You're just a result, a casualty of my efforts to weed out those who don't get it. And my goal, as it were, is to help people become better and to help people become more charming. And it kind of sounds like my company's name, doesn't it? And if there's an intent to build your self-esteem built into this, yeah, of course there is. Darn right. And you see, it's an important thing to me that you be happy with who you are. And the reason why is because then you can be helpful to others. So I hope you guys dig that. And that is why I read all of the stuff you guys send me, even when sometimes, believe it or not, I'd rather be just passed out on the couch watching Game of Thrones. Here's something interesting I gave a talk about recently. It's about social engineering. And when they did an NPR segment on it, I'm going to play that for you right now. Happy weekend, everybody. And I hope you enjoyed the Friday Five. This is Marketplace from APM. I'm Kai Rizdahl. We told you the other day about how con men are alive and well and working hard in this digital society we're all part of nowadays. Only cybersecurity types call con men social engineers, and they have played key roles in some of the big hacks of late. Marketplace's Queen of Kim took us through one step by step. There's this saying among social engineers that it's way easier to trick someone into letting you into a computer system than trying to hack into it. In any security system, the human element is always the weakest. Jordan Harbinger's a social engineer only for the good guys. Being a human hacker is by far the most interesting for me because our brains have so many loopholes and Easter eggs and all kinds of things that normally exist in technical systems. So Harbinger's day job is as a dating coach teaching human dynamics, and that connected him with social engineers. Harbinger told me about an experiment he did recently. He set out to see if he could use social engineering to penetrate companies that did top-secret work with the government. He used the same steps that a con man would, only online. First step, gathering information. To find the companies, he looked for people with security clearances. Harbinger says they're smart enough not to disclose info like that on Facebook and Twitter. But they're all on LinkedIn because that's where all these guys hang out to look for new jobs, network. Once on LinkedIn, Harbinger found a group for people with security clearances. He created a fake profile, he said he was an engineer, and the group's moderators let him in. Now he had the names of companies and employees. I made a profile as a recruiter, thinking, okay, if these people are looking for jobs, let's give them fake jobs. He sent out about 100 LinkedIn messages with fake job opportunities. Harbinger said he kept his profile intentionally vague. He didn't name employers, he didn't link to a fake website, or set up a fake company email. 
And he didn't need it because LinkedIn helped him exploit a glitch in the human psyche. People assumed that because he was in the top secret group, he was one of them. And there was another factor. Isolation was really the key because if somebody is looking to leave their current company, they can't talk to their supervisors. So you don't know who to ask. What can I talk about? What can I talk about? It's the classic con game. If fewer people are involved, fewer people can poke holes in the con. But on LinkedIn, instead of suspicion, Harbinger got bits of information about classified projects from engineers trying to impress him. He says some of the men, and most of them were men, were cagey about naming their employer or where they lived, but they gave out personal emails. Harbinger ran that through a free forensic search engine and found out that they had profiles on Yelp and other social media sites. I used that to find out what kind of things he liked to do, coffee shops where he did work. So if I was actually a hacker, I would know what wireless networks this guy is working on because I would know what he looks like and I would know that he works at this Starbucks on this corner and I would just wait for him there and then I could start snooping around on his network traffic. And so it was putting together little bits of innocuous information to put the puzzle together from that. Having found his targets, Harbinger set up a cover. He went on Facebook and created a profile of a female college student. She's attractive, but Harbinger says he made sure to make her attainable. And she's about to graduate with an engineering degree. Using the profile, Harbinger approached his target saying, Hey, I got an offer from your company, but I'm trying to figure out if I want to work there. Do you like your project? Guys love to come to the rescue, so I played to that. Vulnerability, you know, damsel in distress. I'm looking for a job. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Again, the oldest trick in the book, right? A lot of guys were like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm working on this, and it is so cool, and it's got billions of dollars in funding. Harbinger says he stopped short of pushing for classified information. But he found out about testing facilities, budgets, and timelines. Right now you're going, I don't know if I'd fall for that. This would never work on me. He says a lot of employers have the same attitude. So while they'll put resources into cybersecurity software or other technical defenses, many companies still don't train their employees on the dark arts of social engineering. Harbinger says if you're that kind of company that still thinks your people are too smart, then you're the kind of company hackers are going to look for. In San Francisco, I'm Queenie Kim for Marketplace.